Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Manitoba Beef Producers General Manager Carson Callum. Also, we'll have details on Stats Canada's crop acreage report released this morning. And at first in today's country comment, we'll be joined by soil fertility specialist John Hurd with Manitoba Agriculture. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. We're joined now by soil fertility specialist John Hurd with Manitoba Agriculture. There are some pressing concerns on agronomists and farmers right now. Uh, And part of that is because uh, with the drought in a lot of the area last year, it left a lot of excess nitrogen in the soil. And we were counting on that as being money in the bank. Uh, There was a lot of soil sampling being done. And we usually anticipate that that is is going to be there, ready for use this next year. And farmers were planning to, uh, you know, adjust their their fertilizer rates accordingly. And uh, now, with this amount of rain and potential flooding, uh, people are starting to get a bit antsy about that. Uh, Like I say, that was was money in the bank. And now they're a little worried about how much of that might have been withdrawn. Yeah, I guess, is it, um, you know, just a matter of the, the standing water, just washing that away? Uh, there's two ways that we lose uh, nitrogen, and, and we lose it when it's in the nitrate form. Uh, uh, and, and on the sandier soils, uh, where we have percolation with depth, uh, it can carry that down, uh, dilute the nitrogen, and, and may possibly move it out of the rooting zone. Generally, it takes quite a bit of water for that. Uh, but that's a physical process. So as soon as it's melted uh, and water's moving, uh, that leaching can happen. Uh, again, the focus of the concern there is on sandier soil, sandy with depth, not so much the clay. Uh, the thing that most people in the Red River Valley and others are, are concerned about is the denitrification, and that is where in a microbial process, the bugs use up the oxygen in the soil, and then they use up the nitrate, convert it to a gas, and it's gone. And we often go over this made in Manitoba thumb rule uh, where when soils are, are 5 degrees C, like in the, later in the spring, we can lose 2 to 4 pounds of nitrogen a day. So if we have flooded or saturated soils, that could be a big loss. Uh, and that, now the caveat of that is we ain't there yet because looking at soil temperatures, Nothing has gone above zero in the last two weeks. So uh, that microbial process is stopped in its tracks right now. But we know soils are going to warm up, and then those losses might proceed. That, 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 that's, that, and, and that's the risk to the nitrogen that people measured in the soil test. I have to say something about farmers that put fertilizer on. That's, that's different. If, if farmers applied fertilizer last fall, uh, providing they did it using some uh, best management practices, which means uh, fall-banded uh, ammonia or urea or, or protected forms into cold soils. Most of that nitrogen is still in the ammonium form, held on the clay and organic matter particles. It's not going to leach, and it's not going to denitrify until soils warm up and convert it. Fertilizer applied nitrogen, as long as it was applied like after Thanksgiving and it wasn't broadcast, 
uh, much of that is still safe. What advice would you have for, for producers trying to make these decisions here? Uh, <laughs> I, I can speculate what's happening or, or we can measure. And so I think there's a number of agronomists uh, who worked very closely with, with the farmers to establish these levels last fall are going to be doing some uh, targeted sampling. Uh, I, I was sampling at home last night. I'm able to push a probe in three feet so I can start doing some uh, sampling just to check. Just, just checking to see, you know, of, of what was there last fall, how much is still there, and does it warrant me changing my plans or not? Uh, uh, for uh, a lot of agronomists to be out, it's going to take a, a, a time to dry up before they can get out, and I certainly don't expect that we redo all the soil sampling that was done last fall. Uh, that still provides a baseline. We just need to do a check here. To, to verify that uh, most of that banked nitrogen is, is still in place. Anything else to add here, John? Right now, nitrogen management is maybe not the first thing on people's minds. Uh, they're looking at seeding dates and getting in the fields. And I, I know uh, the advantage with nitrogen often is that there's great flexibility for the farmers. If, if seeding is ready to go, uh, there are options for uh, partial rates of nitrogen before or at seeding, and then following up later, that, that can work. Usually as a plan B, not as a plan A, but that, 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 that can work. So uh, imagine farmers will be looking at ways to do that. They may be encumbered a bit this year because uh, of nitrogen supplies. They, they may be already taken uh, possession of what they have, so they'll be working with what they you know what they've got in in store uh, may reduce their flexibility a bit but uh, I think that that's front and foremost now is how are we going to get into the field and do some timely planting and then there's ways to meet the nitrogen needs uh, uh, around planting dates that was John Hurd with Manitoba agriculture a look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Stats Canada released its crop acreage report this morning. Brian Voth is president of Intellifarm Inc. A high-level change here. All wheat acres were put at 25, just a hair over 25 million, versus 23.5 last year, and uh, and the estimates at 24.1. So a fairly decent change in all wheat acres. Inside of that, uh, Durham was up uh, about 700,000 acres, and spring wheat was up big at 1.15 million acres more than last year. So overall, pretty large change there on the wheat acres from last year and above trade estimates going into this report too. Canola area is expected to decrease 7% to 20.9 million acres this year. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency has recognized canola for its greenhouse gas emissions reduction in advanced biofuels. Jim Everson is president of the Canola Council of Canada. So this requirement to meet for the U.S. renewable fuels process is that it would cut GHG emissions by 50% or more against a baseline that the EPA has put in place. So they actually, in their review on this report, indicate that the GHG reduction value of canola is in the 60 to 69% range for most uses. So it exceeds the threshold, and that's how... Um, that's how it becomes uh, uh, possible for EPA to open up this pathway. 
The Canola Council of Canada worked in coordination with the Canadian Oilseed Processors Association on a U.S. Canola Association petition to the EPA back in 2020 to approve canola oil as a feedstock for renewable diesel, jet fuel, and other biofuels. Yesterday, Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food Marie-Claude Bebo announced an investment of up to $3.6 million to support Canada's beef efforts to boost beef and veal exports globally. Project activities will help to bolster Canada's global beef brand and build stronger relationships with global trading partners. In addition, the project will support training and e-learning activities at the Canadian Beef Centre of Excellence. And while the recent precipitation may be good in the long run, it's creating immediate challenges for cattle producers. Carson Callum is General Manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. Especially for those that are, are calving at this period. You know, you have a young wet calf um, and the temperature dip can lead to some, some health-related challenges with that animal. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, April 26th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details on Stats Canada's crop acreage report. Stats Canada released its crop acreage report this morning. I got the details from Brian Voth, president of IntelliFarming. A high-level change here. All wheat acres were put at 25, just a hair over 25 million, versus 23 and a half last year. And, uh, and the estimates at 24.1. So a, a fairly decent change in all wheat acres. Inside of that, uh, Durham was up uh, about 700,000 acres, and spring wheat was up big at 1.15 million acres more than last year. So overall, pretty large change there on the wheat acres from last year and above trade estimates going into this report too. Uh, the other big one, obviously canola, uh, came out at 20.897 million acres. And this is a fairly sizable drop from last year at 22.5 million acres and well below the estimates of 22.1 million acres this year as well. So um, basically a swap between uh, wheat and canola acres year over year. Wheat up 7%, canola down 7%. So somewhat offsetting each other there. Uh, another one, oats that was expected to have a pretty large gain in acres this year. It did. Came out just a hair under 4 million versus 3.4 million last year and above the trade estimates at 3.75. So again, uh, a 17% increase in oat acres. Not a real surprise given where oat, acre, or oat prices were at uh, earlier on in the winter through November, December when we started seeing some of those new crop $7 oat bids already and old crop you know, being 8 9 10 bucks a bushel. So no real surprise there. Uh, corn and bean acres were relatively unchanged from last year. Um, slightly more corn acres, uh, bean acres pretty much identical to last year. Not a big surprise. Keep in mind, most of those acres are going to be in Ontario and Quebec. And in Ontario last year, they pulled off some record-breaking corn yields. So not really a surprise to see that, I wouldn't say. Uh, barley was a, another relatively large move. Uh, came in at just under 7.5 million acres versus 8.3 last year. The trade was expecting basically right on 8 million acres. So again, trade well over what the actual number came out at, down 10% year over year. And then when you get into a little bit of the, the more minor crops, uh, lentils came in at just under 4.5 million versus 4.3 last year. So not much of a change there. Uh, peas came in at 3.5 or sorry, 3.6 versus 3.8 last year. So a bit of a, a minor swap here between and lentils almost it looks like 
teas down a little bit, lentils up a little bit. Uh, one of the interesting ones I saw was flax, where last year we had just over a million acres of flax, and the expectation was to see just over a million again, slightly less than last year, but um, that number came out at 867,000 acres. So uh, about 160,000 acres less than last year, which is interesting given how high flax prices did manage to get. You know, we saw 45 $47 flax this winter. There were reports of 50 plus. We could never actually confirm whether business got done at those numbers or not, but a little bit surprising to see flax acres drop. Um, now, one thing on both the flax and the peas I will make a comment about is seed availability is also an issue on some of these commodities, and that could also explain lower acres on some of these crops. Uh, and then, you know, at home in southern Manitoba, sunflowers and edible beans, which have been um, gaining some more interest in the last few years, sunflower acres this year were are estimated to be uh, 112,000 versus 101 last year, so about 11% increase. But this one is quite interesting. On the edible bean side, 337,000 acres is what the estimate is versus 437,000 acres last year. So a 23% drop in edible bean acres from last year to this year. Uh, again, I will say that seed availability could be a factor on that one. But given how high new crop edible bean prices already have been, and this may serve to push them even higher, um, it's interesting that there's a you know, 100,000 acre drop on edible beans year over year when we're looking at those kind of values. Just going back to canola for a second, was that a surprise, uh, the decrease there? I would say it's a surprise in terms of how much the decrease was. Uh, The trade was overall expecting a slight drop in canola acres. Uh, we We were thinking that it could actually go either way. When you look at where canola prices have been on the old crop and look at where new crop canola prices already are, I could have seen that number going in either direction. Um, the fact that it's you know 1.6 million acres less than last year, I know there's a lot of disenchanted farmers when it comes to canola and just the poor performance of canola in the drought last year. But And I guess the other thing would be fertilizer costs. Uh, the only thing I would say to that one is if anyone's running budgets, even with you know, $1,100, $1,200 a ton fertilizer, if you can get anywhere close to a normal yield this year on canola, it's going to be one of the most profitable crops on the farm again. And, and that's been the case for canola for the last decade already. It has been consistently one of the most profitable crops across Western Canada. Not so much last year in the drought, but certainly on, on an average year. So the other thing I would say, keep in mind, this survey was done through the month of March. And a lot has changed in these markets in that time frame already. Uh, just take, for example, uh, you know, new crop canola prices. At the beginning of, uh, of March, November futures were sitting right around 900 bucks a ton. And by the end of March, we were sitting about 960. And today we're sitting just shy of 1100 bucks. So we've seen a massive increase, you know, even through the month of March, about a buck fifty a bushel increase in canola prices just in that month alone. And even since then, we're up a lot more. So I mean, we've got a lot of, you know, twenty-four plus dollar a bushel new crop canola contracts at this point. Um, I would be surprised at the end of the day if canola acres were actually going to be one point six million acres less than last year. 
And with the delayed start to seeding, that could be pushing more and more acres into canola too as a later seeded option. And uh, just before I let you go, Brian, I wanted to just get your thoughts on, you know, what you've been hearing as far as conditions here, um, you know, across Western Canada, Manitoba here, you know, we've, we've got all this rain here over the past uh, few days, you know, just how, how are things shaping up? Um, you know, I would have said overall that most places are probably looking at a better start moisture wise this year versus last year. Uh, but that said, when you get into western Saskatchewan and eastern Alberta, the drought maps really don't actually look a whole lot different than last year. Manitoba is substantially better from a moisture uh, aspect, and eastern Saskatchewan as well. Um, obviously, a much, much later start than last year, although last year was incredibly early. So I think in general, the attitude has been, you know, we'd rather have a later start with adequate moisture than an early start going into dry conditions like last year. But I think it's getting to the point that, a lot of farms are starting to be a little bit concerned about the fact that it is now, you know, we're in the last week of April and there's still snow around and the frost is still six or eight inches below the surface. Nothing is warmed up. That said, you know, when you look at trees, nothing is, nothing is letting out buds yet either. So I always kind of look at that as a bit of a barometer and it may feel late according to a calendar date that we're not anywhere close to being in a field yet, but Mother Nature is really not saying that it's overall that late either at this point, I wouldn't say. So time will tell. The next six weeks are going to be really interesting from a progress and also just potential acre swap from what farms may have thought that they were going to be putting in the ground. Um, but there's a lot of summer ahead of us and a whole crop year ahead of us. Yet. That was Brian Voth, president of Intellifarm Inc., recapping this morning's Stats Canada crop acreage reports. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. A workshop entitled Start Your Grazing Plan will be held May 3rd at the Brookdale Farm north of Brandon. You can register on the Manitoba Beef and Forge Initiative website. Another workshop will be held May 5th at the Ericsdale Community Centre. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has established an e-commerce resource hub where Canadian agri-food companies can access resources to take advantage of global opportunities to sell products online. These sessions begin May 4th and conclude June 6th. Each week covers a different topic. You can register on the Manitoba Agriculture website. The 2022 Spring Farmers Market Coordinator Gathering is being planned for May 13th in Winnipeg. The gathering will include workshops, lunch, solution mill, as well as time to connect with fellow coordinators. Get all the details with Direct Farm Manitoba. And looking ahead, Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is putting on a Fence and Water Solutions Workshop June 1st. The cost is $30. You can register on the MFGA website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon. More than 40 projects will receive a total of $704,000 in targeted financial assistance through the Agricultural Crown Lands Forage Productivity Pilot Program under the Canadian Agricultural Partnership. In all, 42 projects have been approved for the one-year pilot project. The projects will receive up to $30,000 with a cost-share ratio of 75% government and 25% applicant and must be completed by December of this year. Carson Callum is General Manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. So this pilot program was uh, announced many months ago by the department to support various projects or BMPs on agricultural crown land specifically. So that's what this is referring to. Um, lots of 
or many producers were able to to access the program to try to do some in, improvements on those landscapes um, and adopt those best management practices to uh, you know improve their resiliency those lands. Yeah, I guess just talk about you know how the money's being used, some of the projects that are uh, being undertaken. Yeah, so mostly to support infrastructure builds. So whether it's cross fencing for rotational grazing work, uh, water systems, wells or dugouts, just in other other pieces to rejuvenate some of that land, you know, seeding, brush management, all those type of things um, that improve the forage capacity and, and, and resilience of the land is what uh, the projects will entail. And are these underway already or? I believe it'll yeah. be, in, a lot of it will be happening in the upcoming growing season. Okay. Um, once uh, some of the snow goes, dissipates. Right. Um, just wanted to touch a little bit on, on the, I guess on the weather here as well, you know, with all this, Water, what's that going to mean for, for livestock producers? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the last two storms have uh, caused all kinds of uh, challenges for producers here in the province. Um, producers themselves are physically and mentally exhausted as a result of it. But however, you know, the moisture itself is a good thing long term. Uh, we'll be in a lot better sense from a soil moisture and standing water perspective, um, but still got to deal with the, the short term pain, you know that uh, this, these storms have been causing. You know, is there health, health risks for, for the animals, you know, with this cold, wet weather? Yeah, absolutely. It can lead to um, health challenges, especially for those that are, are calving at this period. You know, you have a young, wet calf um, and the temperature dips. Uh, it can lead to some, some health-related challenges with that animal. So uh, it's, it's a very uh, big combination of, uh, of circumstances that is leading to this, this challenge. That was Carson Callum, General Manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Stats Canada is reporting that despite high prices and strong global demand for oil seeds, canola area is expected to decrease 7% to 20.9 million acres in 2022 as farmers shift to alternate crops such as cereals. Brian Voth is president of Intellifarm Inc. I would say it's a surprise in terms of how much the decrease was. Uh, The trade was overall expecting a slight drop in canola acres. We were thinking that it could actually go either way. When you look at where canola prices have been on the old crop and look at where new crop canola prices already are, I could have seen that number going in either direction. Nationally, farmers anticipate planting 25 million acres of wheat this year, up 7.2% from last year. The recent precipitation is causing challenges for cattle producers. Carson Callum is general manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. The last two storms have uh, caused all kinds of uh, challenges for producers here in the province. Producers themselves are physically and mentally exhausted as a result of it. However, you know, the moisture itself is a good thing long term. Uh, We'll be in a lot better sense from a soil moisture and standing water perspective, but still got to deal with the the short-term pain, you know, that uh, these storms have been causing. He notes the cold, wet conditions can cause health issues with the animals, especially those that are calving. And Canola's contribution as a solutions provider in helping to address climate change was recently recognized. This with the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's proposed decision that canola oil-derived renewable diesel, jet fuel, and other biofuels qualify as advanced biofuels under the Renewable Fuel Standard Program. Jim Everson is president of the Canola Council of Canada. We have had access to the U.S. biofuels market when it comes to you know, making biofuels and then mixing it with regular diesel fuel to, to bring down GHG levels. 
But this is a different process, renewable fuels, where the canola oil is used directly in the refining process, and the result coming out of the refinery then is a diesel that's chemically equivalent to, to petroleum diesel, but with much less GHG emissions. And so it's very attractive from that point of view. The Canola Council of Canada worked in coordination with the Canadian Oilseed Processors Association on a U.S. Canola Association petition to the EPA back in 2020. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.